The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Praise the Lord. Let's say this together. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Let's say it again. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, he knoweth them that trust in him. How many know the Lord is a stronghold in the day of trouble? Amen. And I believe the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Would you just pray with me right now as we enter the word? Lord, I praise you tonight for your blessings and your goodness. I pray that you would have your way in the next few moments. God, I pray your word that is quick and powerful. I, I pray that it would find its place in the hearts of men and women that are here tonight, Lord. You know what they're uh, dealing with, Lord. You know the struggles they're dealing with tonight. You know the difficulties they're in right now. You know right now, Lord, they, what they need to trust you with and what they are trusting you with. And I pray that you would minister to your people tonight. Feed your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 29, says this uh, in the New Living Translation. It says, The way of the Lord is a stronghold to those with integrity, but it destroys the wicked. The way of the Lord is a stronghold. I'm talking about the stronghold of God. Somebody say that with me. The stronghold of God. Amen. Uh, as I begin to uh, study for this time together, I was reminded of what I'm supposed to do as a child of God. I'm supposed to put on the whole armor of God, amen, that I may withstand and that I, I, I may with, uh, withstand the day of attack, that I may uh, have a defense, somebody say amen. amen, if I don't put on the armor of God, the whole armor of God, I could get wounded, I could get uh, uh, I could uh, put myself in a position where I could be wounded or hurt or even spiritually suffer spiritual death. I, I want to put on the whole armor of God. I need to protect my mind. I need to protect my vital organs. I need to protect uh, my entire spiritual man with the spiritual armor that God has given us. Somebody say amen. With that, you understand that all that armor is a defensive in a defensive position. The helmet of salvation, it's not offensive, it's defensive. The breastplate of righteousness is not offensive, it's defensive. And so it's the stuff that keeps us from being wounded. The only uh, offensive weapon I have is a sword. And the Bible says it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, I want to tell you, the devil doesn't care if you dance and run the aisles all day long. I think we ought to, that we worship God and we praise Him. We ought to do that. The devil doesn't care that I play an instrument. The weapon I have is not my worship. The weapon I have is the Word of God. Make no mistake about it. Well, I'm going to wave my hand and, and I'm going to give the devil a black eye and shout. No, the devil's not going to get a black eye because you shout. The devil's going to get a black eye because you take the weapon that God has given you, the Word of God, and you use it against the enemy. You can't tell him how awesome your family is or how many years you went to Bible school or any of that other stuff. He responds to the weapon that God has given us, the Word of God. 
when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness, we know what Jesus said three times. It is written. It is written. The devil cannot refute or stand against the Word of God. The Bible says if you will resist him, he will flee from you. Now that doesn't just mean, bless God, I'm going to make it. We need to have determination. But the resistance is the Word of God. Because you know as well as I do, the devil attacks our mind and we start thinking crazy thoughts like the Lord's left me and I'm all by myself. But the Word says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when the devil tries to put those thoughts in me, it, what, it doesn't help for me to say, devil, you're a liar. Devil, I'm, just, I'm not giving up. No, I need, to quote, I need to quote the Word of God in those moments because that is the sword. That is the weapon. Somebody say amen. So how do we activate that weapon, that armor? We put it on. The Bible says taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then it says praying always. You know how you activate your weapon? Well, I wish I could hit him with that weapon. And and we think, well, if I quote it, and, and that's very important. But prayer is what puts the weapon on the offense. It's what activates the weapon. That's why prayer is important. How many believe giving God the first fruits of your labor is important? Now, when I say first fruits, the word, any of you that uh, studied in Scripture know that first fruit, the word is tithe. It's first fruit. But let's, let's talk in a few other terms here. Let's talk about the first fruit of your day. You got 24 hours today. Let's talk about the first fruit of your day. It, 10% of your 24 hours is about 2 hours and 40 minutes. I want to ask you, have you spent that much time with the Lord today? <laughs> You see how quiet it got? I'm telling you, we got a weapon called the Word. We, got, we activate the weapon by prayer. I think it's crazy for us not to spend time in the Word and in prayer every day. Now what I'm about to go into in the next few weeks is how God is a stronghold. He is a fortress. Amen. He will protect those that trust in Him. But I want to tell you something. This is not, we say, well, God's a stronghold, so, you know, I'm just going to trust Him. No, I need to do my part. I need to spend time in the Word. I need to spend time praying. Somebody say amen. So that I can have strength in the day of battle. Well, let's give the Lord a good hand clap. Everybody say the stronghold of God. Amen. So I want to be a good soldier. And when life takes an unexpected turn, where do you go to find help? Well, some people go to the ice cream store. Ain't nothing better than a good Sunday. (laughs) That ends in an E. (laughs) Sunday, when life gets, you know, it's like like a Pentecostal cigarette. It just kind of hit me, you know. Well, I'm having, I'm stressed out. What am I? I'm gonna go make some fudge. <laughs> Can I get an amen? I'm gonna grill me some hamburgers. I'm so stressed out. <laughs> when, <laughs> that's right. I got a witness here. Some of us feel, you know, I, I, 
When life takes an unexpected turn, people go everywhere to find help. They go to all kinds of places. They go to booze. They go to drugs. They go to food. They go to Sundays. But oh, what a Sunday D-A-Y can do for those that life throws them a curve. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. There's nothing like being in the presence of God to be reminded that He is a strong tower in the day of adversity. When the woes of family, marriage, friends, children, enemies, finances, life in general, when these things uh, begin to pound at the door of our hearts, uh, we don't know where to turn. Is there a place where you and I can run in the time of trouble? Is there a storm shelter? Oh, praise God that will be there for protection for the people of God. I believe there is. Because through the voice of the prophet Nahum, we hear God calling us by saying, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. There is a storm shelter for those that trust in Him. Come on. Amen. Don't build your life on the sand. The storm is going to blow that foundation away. But build your house on the rock. And when the winds come, there'll be a fortified place there. There'll be a fortress in the day of adversity, a place of refuge. Somebody say amen. We're all going to have unexpected things happen in our lives. The word stronghold means a fortified place, a place of survival. Have you ever seen people go through things and they didn't survive it? Spiritually, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about uh, physically. I'm talking about something much deeper than physical survival. I'm talking about spiritual survival. You've seen people's world rocked by adversity or things people did or things people said or things that happened that they didn't expect and they didn't survive it. I had a Sunday school teacher. I've mentioned it many times that, that I, I held in high esteem and, and her and her husband were praying for a child and, and the Lord finally gave them a child and it was a wonderful miracle. And just a few years later, uh, well, it wasn't a few years, actually just uh, uh, not sure the time frame, but, but uh, the tragedy that struck that home in, in uh, sudden infant death syndrome. They go in the morning to, to wake their child up and the baby's uh, no longer alive and I, I watched how that destroyed their faith and they didn't survive it I'm telling you things are going to happen in your life that you better have a place of refuge you better have a fortress that's built Oh, anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, the doctor may tell you something you weren't expecting, but in that moment there's a place of refuge there's a way to survive it it's the stronghold of the Lord Oh, let's give the Lord a good hand clap tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make no mistake about it. The Bible says the stronghold is not a place. It's not a location where you have to get your maps out and, and activate your GPS and find how far it's going to take you to get, how long it's going to take you to get there. The Bible tells us that the Lord is that place of shelter and refuge. He is the city of refuge, the place of survival. He's the reason we are here tonight. 
Amen. I want to tell you, if it had not been for the Lord, some of you would would uh, be in, be in a, a a place of care, a facility to care for you, because the war on your mind was incredible. But you're here tonight by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Oh, praise God! He has been a refuge for those that trust Him. Now I don't know what you're going through or what you're about to go through, but I'm telling you, Jesus is a strong tower, a refuge. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Oh, give the Lord praise tonight. Amen. Now, what I, what I am saying, I, I, what I'm not saying is that we will never suffer because He's a fortress. What I'm not saying is that we will never face hardships or trying times. We know as people of God, we are assured that living the Christ-like life will bring trouble. The Bible tells us there's no exemption status for hurting and suffering in this life. The Bible tells us we'll all face it. The Bible says men's days are few and full of trouble. (laughs) Welcome to this old world. (laughs) That's just the way it's going to be. But I've got a place I'm going to. It's looking sweeter all the time. That's why we need the stronghold of God is because life is going to bring unexpected things. That's why we used to sing an old song. I remember my my pastor's wife singing it many times at the altar call. She would sing, in times like these, you need a Savior. Amen. I don't know what's happening in this world, but this world's getting crazier by the second. And as nationalistic as we want to feel and as red, white, and blue as your heart is, I want to tell you that stone that was hewn out of the mountain with unseen hands that Daniel saw has rolled down the mountain and it hit the image in the feet. And every kingdom of this world is coming down. I want to tell you right now. I got good news for you. Every kingdom of this world is coming down. Why? So that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. And I'd rather trade this for what he has to offer. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. Amen. The Apostle Paul speaks of our stronghold in God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Somebody say amen. Amen. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. We like everything after the buts in that verse. (laughs) I tried to figure out a better way to say it. But there's just no other way to say it. We we like the part uh, we like the part at the at, at the end. But there's a part before that. We are hard pressed. We are we are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are struck down. That's that's the fact of the matter. But thank God that's not the end of the story. But we're not crushed. But we're not in despair. But we're not forsaken. But we're not destroyed. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to have difficulty, but Paul said we've got a strong, well, verse 10, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also might be, maybe made, 
may be manifest in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Christ or life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Look at that. We are delivered to death so that Christ's life may be shown in us. Some of the difficulties I go through is just to show Christ in me. Tonight I want to introduce you to the first stronghold we need. And this gives us rest. It's the stronghold of the watchfulness of God. Everybody say, the watchfulness of God. It reminds me of this humorous story I heard of a burglar breaking into a home and he crawled through a window and he got to got ready to kind of realize nobody's there and everything's quiet and he, he gets ready to kind of move in through the house to find out what he can steal and he hears a voice from out of the darkness that said, God is watching you. Stunned, he freezes. He peers into the darkness trying to find the, the, the form of the voice and, and after just a few seconds probably that seemed like hours, he didn't hear anything else and so he turns his little flashlight on. He begins to look around to see if anybody's there. And he hears this voice again. God is watching you. He turns his flashlight toward the voice and he sees a parrot. He walks up to the cage and he says, Are, are you the one saying God is watching you? The parrot says, Yes, God is watching you. And the man said, well, I assume you're God. And the parrot squawked, no. So tell me, what's your name? The parrot says, Moses. Moses, the burglar said. What stupid person would name their parrot Moses? <laughs> the parrot replied, the same person who'd named their Doberman God. <laughs> God is watching you. popular song sung by Bette Midler a number of years ago back in my day <laughs> reminds us God is watching us. God is watching us. She makes a statement though at the end of that course. He's watching us from a distance. I'm not sure I agree with that. The old familiar gospel song written, <laughs> written by a child born out of the rape of her 12-year-old mother. Listen, her mother was 12 years old and was molested. And in that day, she became pregnant. There was no other recourse. And had she been conceived today, she, she might have never even seen the light of day. And then we would have missed the song that she wrote. <laughs> I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow and I know. Oh, yes. I know. He watches me. Come on, I want to tell you, God's not just watching us from a distance. He's watching you day and night. He's, he cares for you. The stronghold of God's watchfulness. Job tell, proclaims that it is God who carefully watches all of his paths in Job 33, 11. The psalmist reminds us that the Lord watches over the strangers, the fatherless, the widows. The psalmist reminds us that he watches over you and he watches over me. That's a comfort to me. The Bible tells me that he's the God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. 
that means he watches day and night. <laughs> we'll tell you, God is watching each one of us. That's a stronghold that tells me he sees where I'm at right now. He's not surprised by what's going on in your life right now. The stronghold of his watchfulness ought to give us faith tonight. Some believe God's watching us is nothing more than a creator looking out for his own interest. Some people see God as a cosmic killjoy that looks about hoping to find someone to zap or to blast. <laughs> Some people see God that way. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, let me share with you a number of points tonight I want to make about this message. God is watching us to grace us. Would you say that? God is watching us to grace us. Psalms 34, 15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Praise God. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. I want to tell you, God hears what you pray. God... <laughs> I know, I know, I know what he tells you. The, de the enemy tells you you prayed that so many times. It's obvious God's not listening. But the Bible tells us he hears our cry. So I'm just going to keep on praying. I said I'm just going to keep on praying. Because if he hears me, then I want to give him something to hear. I don't have time to preach this, but I will tell you the Bible tells us where those prayers go. In the book of Revelation in the last days, the Bible says there's going to be an angel that gets a, 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 a container, a, a censer, and, and they're going to take out of that censer what the Bible says are the prayers of the saints. Keep on praying, saint of God. Keep don't let anybody tell you don't go to the altar anymore. They prayed enough for you. No, just keep on coming. Just keep on praying. No, I'm not going to be silent because the Bible tells us in the latter day that angel is going to pull out those prayers and cast them into the earth. I want to tell you the answer's coming. The answer's on the way. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to keep on praying because his ears are open to the cry of the righteous. His eyes are on you. I want to tell you, when you had that wreck, his eyes were on you before you ever rounded that curve. I want to tell you, when you got that doctor's report, his eye was on you while you were on the way to the doctor. Oh yes, come on, you're not alone when you're battling for your last breath. The Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord. He sees us in our final hours. He doesn't forsake us. He, he watches the righteous and his ear is open to their cry. God is our creator, but he's also our Father, and as an earthly father, I want to tell you, when my children, think about it, when your children were younger, when I went into a pup now at the house, if I knew they were in the house, you know, I didn't have to have them in the room with me. Some parents are, maybe need a little lesson. 
But I want to tell you what, when I was in the mall, now that, some of you don't know what that is anymore. When I was in Amazon, when I was in the mall, I'm going to tell you, I knew where my kids were. They, they didn't have to be holding my hand, but I'm going to tell you what, I, I was walking through the mall, but my eyes were on them. I knew exactly where they were. I knew exactly what they were doing. In fact, not only that, I watched other people. <laughs> no, we're not going to go that way. We're going to go this way. <laughs> As an earthly father, I watched over my children. It was one of my duties because I loved them. At times, I watched them struggle to do things and I waited until they asked me to help. Oh yeah, I watched them struggle. I wasn't going to go tell them everything to do. I thought, well, I'm going to see if they can figure it out. I want to tell you, our Heavenly Father, uh, we need to be reminded that He's our Father. And just as we treat our children, <laughs> there are times I'd wait for them to call out, Dad, I need some help. At other times, I'd intervene and help them out in times of struggle. Jesus reminds us that our, our watching Father knows our needs before we ask. How does He know that? Because His eyes are on the righteous. He knows what we need. He's our Father. He wants to grace us with His presence. He's watching over us to grace us. Now, I... I I think it's very important for us just to understand God is watching us at all times. That is a good thing and that can be a bad thing. Because there are good times and bad times in our lives. Some people think that God's watching us uh, when, when, when they're not doing so well. That strikes fear in their heart, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't strike <laughs> It's like walking into the bedroom in your house and, and the walls covered with purple magic marker. And there she stands. She jumped when you walked in the room. And she's standing there with her hands behind her back. What did you do? I, I didn't do nothing. What do you have in your hand? I have nothing. And you see the purple upper arms and, and you kind of lean over and you see the magic marker in her hand. But she didn't do anything. She don't know how those marks got on the wall. <laughs> we all feel that way when we know we're going to let our father down. I want to tell you there's no greater satisfaction in my life than to know my heavenly father is smiling on me. But God has not given me a spirit of fear. I want to tell you that if you mess up, He's your Father and He loves you. And He wants you back even before you even want Him back. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. I'm hurrying. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 15. I apologize. I didn't give these girls a script, so they're just trying to shoot in the dark. But I think Cheyenne is, I think they got it. Romans 8, for you, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage. Listen to this. We're not in bondage. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we're not in bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I'm a child of God. 
And verse 17 tells me, and if I am a child of God, then I am an heir. An heir of God, joint heir with Christ. What God gave Christ, he gives to me. If I suffer with him, that I might be glorified with him. Listen, I believe I can make it. I believe I can make it. I believe he's watching me. God is watching to grace us. The most intimate of relationships we are brought into is a father and a child union with God whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Somebody say, Father. Listen, I know we're apostolics and we believe that the mighty God was in Christ, but don't be afraid of the term Father. It's in the Bible. Okay, just so you know that. Second thing, God is watching us not only to grace us, but to guide us. Everybody say to guide us. To guide us. Psalms 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. How many know there are times in your life you need God to show you which way to go? And I will guide you with my eye. Look at that. God's watching us and he said I'll guide you. Not, not with a GPS or directions. or I'm going to put arrows up. He, I'll guide you with my eye. How do you guide somebody with, their, with your eye? Let's think about that a minute. If I, want, if I want Kyle to notice something Blake's doing, how do you do that? You kind of go. I, mean, I don't know. That's the way my crazy mind works. If you're going to guide somebody with your eye, you, you kind of go, you kind of go. You ever, ever had difficulty? We had a guy in the church in Cutler that he had some problems and he had, a, he had a glass eye in one eye and he went to Israel with my father-in-law and they were sitting in a restaurant in a little cafe in a foreign country and, and he's just sitting there talking to my father-in-law and some foreign guy gets up from across the room, storms across the room and starts yelling and, and he's taken aback. Uh, Brother Jones, he's his name, Brother Jones, he, he's taken back. He's, what, what? And the guy says, in a, he's in foreign accent, he, you know, he's trying to speak, and he just says, you, you're staring at me. Because <laughs> one eye was kind of going off this way, and the other eye was looking at Brother Carr, and the guy's over here, and he keeps looking, and he thinks, well, that man's staring at me. You ever had somebody, you're not sure who they were looking at? Yeah. Me? Them? And, and he'll, that's a strange statement that he will guide us with his eye. I want to tell you the Lord sees the road that you're on. And the Lord knows what's coming because he's already seen it. Now, what parent who loves their child would allow them to play in a car infested street? No, you wouldn't do that. God comes to guide us away from the streets that are dangerous. Somebody say amen. He guides us with his eye. The eye of God speaks of his provincial watch, which means beforehand. It means he knows what's coming. 
He's ever present. There is no future or past to him. He is, time is not relevant to him. He is ever present. So he knows. He sees tomorrow just like he sees right now. So he knows where you're going to be 24 hours from now. And he wants to guide you. He's already there. He instructs us so that we will understand his ways. Pay attention to where, he, where we're walking. He teaches us so as to point us in the right direction as we journey through life. Now listen, you're going to have to pay attention. Listen, you're going to have to pay attention if God is going to guide you with his eye. He's going to, he's going to have to go... Yeah, so, so it's very important that you become sensitive to God. It's not a bad thing to, to say, oh, I, I, I'm just so sensitive. I, I just don't know why I cry or why I get so, you know, when the Lord starts. Listen, don't, don't ever take that back. Don't ever try to be insensitive. In fact, I'd rather have a bunch of real sensitive folks than a bunch of wet blankets. In fact, I'd rather tell you you're being a little too sensitive than to try to get you fired up. How many know it's easier to keep a fire going than it is to start one? Amen. So you need to stay sensitive. I find it interesting the word teach here. He says, uh, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will guide you with my The word teach there. Interesting, the word teach means two things. The first being an arrow that is pointed in a certain direction. And the second thing it means is a finger pointing out the direction. The arrow is only guided by the archer and its fingers is what lets the arrow go into flight. God knows he'll teach you which way to go. He knows how to point you in the right direction. And this is why we, we come to church. This is why we have Celebrate Recovery. This is why we have youth service. This is why we have, we have Sunday school. We're trying to point you. The Lord through his word is trying to point us. Somebody say amen. amen. In the right direction. God is watching over us. He's guiding us. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to read Psalms 139 verse 1 through 5. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off you comprehend my path and my lying down and you're acquainted with all my ways for there's not a word listen to this there's not a word on my tongue but behold O lord you know it altogether look look the bible says before you ever say it it says it's on your tongue before you ever say it the lord knows what you're about to say you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me this is the stronghold of god his hand is upon us to guide us. I think that ought to spiritually cause us to take a real deep breath. Just, whew. he's guiding me. Somebody say amen. God watches over our going to bed and our getting out of bed. He knows the very word that's on the tip of our tongues before it spills out of our mouths. He understands his children. Yes, he does. Somebody say amen. And this is the last point tonight. 
And I hurry to a close. God is watching us not only to grace us and to guide us, but God is watching us to guard us, to guard us. I tell you what, the Lord wants to protect you. You can't protect yourself. You've tried and it's been in vain. The Lord is watching over you so that he can guard you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Proverbs 5.21 For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he ponders all his paths. Listen to that. The way you're walking, God sees it. And he ponders the path that you were on. God is our Father and He not only watches to grace us and guide us, but He wants to guard us. And I want to tell you, not only have I kept my eye on my children to guide them through the mall or to guide them to the place in the restaurant we're supposed to sit, but I've watched over their lives to protect them. In fact, don't answer. Don't answer because I'm afraid of what you might say. But imagine you're walking through Amazon. You're walking through the mall or the grocery store and all of a sudden you thought she was behind you. She's just six years old or four years old and she wanted to push the cart and you're looking at the green beans and you're just fiddling around with the, with, at the, in the dairy uh, section and you're trying to find the date, the, the, you know, the date on the milk that's the furthest away from the day and you know where they put it, all the way in the back. So dig through all that stuff they shoved to the front, hoping you'd grab it. Dig it in, get in there in the back. And while you're in the cooler digging for that, that, that milk that's going to last longer than the ones up in front, you turn around and she's gone. And you see somebody running down the aisle and the arms of your baby and the legs of your baby flailing and that baby screaming. I want to ask you, what, what would you do? In that moment, what would you do? Well, right after I screamed Jesus, I'd realize faith without works is dead. <laughs> That's right. Bless God. I'll run through traffic. Absolutely. I, it doesn't matter where that dude goes. I'm going to be right behind him. I want to tell you something. If we know how to give our children good gifts... How much more does the Heavenly Father want to? You need to understand that when the devil comes to steal you away from God, you've got a Heavenly Father that wants to guard you. Hey, don't kick against the fences in your life. Well, why can't I do what I want to do? Well, God wants to guard you and keep you. Somebody say amen. He wants to, the psalmist assures us that God is constantly surveying all of our ways. Not because he's nosy, but because he wants to guard us. He's watching us. Not just note it, you know, he, the, the word means rolling flat. Now this is weird because when I got to studying the words about God watching over us and the ways of a man are before the Lord, the terminology is rolling flat. Now what does that mean? It literally means that as God sees our way that him seeing it has the power to roll flat all the obstacles that are in the way of his children. Listen, that's why he said if there's a mountain, speak to it. 
And I know you think the power's in your word, and it is because it's a word of faith, but the power is in God's eye because it rolls flat. The Bible said, Jesus said, I've come to, to bring the low places up. I've come to bring the high places down. God wants to make your path smooth. Oh, let's give the Lord praise right now. I'm, I'm closing. Come on, clap your hands under the Lord. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. God wants to roll flat all the obstacles. He's prepared to move us out of harm's way. He's prepared to take care of us. I had the Lord speaking to somebody right now. You don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm telling you the Lord knows how to make a way for his people. I'm not suggesting that as people of God, nothing bad's ever going to happen. I can't explain why we face horrible plights and some die violent deaths. I can't explain why somebody grabs an AR-15 decides to go shoot a bunch of people. I can't explain all that. I can't explain why some die of cancer and others are healed. But in striving to answer our own questions, we must not become like Elisha's servant whose eyes were closed to what God was doing. He was in despair and worried and anxious and anxiety got a hold of him. We cannot afford to become like Elisha's servant whose eyes are closed to what God's doing. We must trust that God knows what he's doing and he's watching over me to guard me. The psalmist sensed the assurance of God's guard over him. The psalmist stated this in Psalms 121 verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He, will, he, he who keeps you will not slumber, but he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Look at that. I'm going to look to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. God never sleeps. How often do we as parents sleep never knowing what our children are doing, but God never quits. <laughs> I think, I think Linnell probably remembers it. Uh, Linnell and Taryn and my two girls were kind of raised together. We came here, they, Chelsea and Shayla were three years old, and Linnell was three, and Taryn was younger, <laughs> just a little bit. And they, you know, they had great times. They, they, you know, all the singing, they'd get in the back of the van and sing, and then they'd have slumber parties, and they'd come to our house, and my girls would go to their house. And I remember one slumber party specifically, you know, it's, little kids don't realize that when somebody's sleeping, you know, they think, you know, well, it doesn't matter that somebody's sleeping, we're going to use our outside voices anyway because we're having fun. And they were kind of downstairs, uh, and, and we had kind of put them in the den, which is kind of away from everything else. And, but they, they weren't satisfied with that. They, they wanted to go in the kitchen and get stuff out of the refrigerator. They just, I'm laying up there thinking, you know, maybe they'll go to sleep. They didn't go to sleep. They kept coming back to the kitchen, kept going. It kept yapping loud, 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 loud. And uh, I just said, okay, all right. And I remember coming halfway down the stairs and just kind of saying, hey, girls. And all of a sudden, just
I just went right on up, went to bed. I didn't hear another thing. I don't know if they went to bed. I don't know what they did. But there are times I'm sleeping. I have no idea what my kids are doing. But like the parents who walks before and behind the toddler, listen, when that child's trying to learn how to walk, you know what you do. You don't just say, hey, go at it. No, you get them by the hand. You hold their hands with your little fingers. Oh, come on, come on. And you make sure, you know, you listen, this is the way the Lord guards. Oh, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Somebody needs to take comfort in that tonight. Somebody needs to hear that. David said, he who keeps you does not go to sleep on you. Oh, praise God. Come on, let's lift our praise to the Lord. Oh, let's lift our praise unto the Lord. Listen, listen. How many ever prayed for somebody? You prayed for somebody and you, you wanted God to do something in their life really powerful and, and you thought you knew what it was best for him and you prayed for that to happen Lord I want this to happen you know, Lord just kill them <laughs> no maybe not, maybe not that but maybe maybe Lord put them on their back put them in the hot, wake them up Lord and here's what I want you to do listen would you like to know when Jesus prayed in John 17 and he began to pray for you Would you like to know how he prayed for you? Wouldn't that be interesting to know? And you know what he prayed for you? He said, Father, I pray you do not take them out of the world. See, that's what some of us want. We want to be exempt from everything that happens in the world. Death, losing your job, bad health. When he prayed, He prayed, Father, I pray you do not take them out of the world. But he said, Father, I pray you keep them in the world. He's the God that keeps us. He said, I pray you would keep them from the evil one. Here we are with all our struggles, trials of life. We're right where Jesus wants us. And he said, I'll keep you from the evil one. Somebody say amen. The stronghold of God's watchfulness is not to be taken for granted. We must not arrogantly presume that we can cast ourselves off the pinnacle of the temple like Jesus being tempted and expect God to spare our lives. Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. The stronghold of God is a place of rest. And because God is watching and says he'll guard me, that doesn't mean I can do what I want. I'm resting in the fact that God is taking care of me. The stronghold of God is a place of immunity where the burden of what is casting us down is lifted up. The stronghold of his watchfulness should bring comfort, assurance, and honesty to our relationship with him because God is watching over us. I've come to tell somebody, God knows where you're at. And in closing, before we open, we're just going to open the altar in a minute and just come forward and pray that we would be uh, always aware that God is watching over us. There is a strong warning There's a strong warning in Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 25. If so be that your stronghold is not the Lord. Listen, 
Now, if you think there's a stronghold somewhere else and you're going to put your trust in, in, in other things and you're going to put your trust in money or put your trust in your job or put your trust in people or put your trust in some, uh, in some, uh, you know, some addiction or, or this is the thing that, that, that gives me rest. And If that's not the Lord, listen, there's a strong warning. This is why the Lord needs to be your stronghold. In Ezekiel 24, verse 25, Then the Lord said unto me, Son of man, on the day I take away their stronghold, notice what they lose. They lose their joy. They lose their glory. They lose their heart's desire. They lose their dearest treasure. And not only that, they lose their sons and their daughters. The Lord said there's coming a day when every stronghold is coming down. And in that day, you'll lose your joy. You're going... You know, it bothers me when I hear people that are full of the Holy Ghost say, I've lost my joy. That's a telltale sign that I'm trusting in something other than the Lord. Because when I'm trusting in something else, when it falls, I'll lose my joy. So I think it ought to cause you to examine your heart. Not think, well, if they'd sing my song, I'd get my joy back. No, you've lost your joy because you have trusted in something other than the stronghold of the Lord. That's right. That's a fact. So I want the joy of the Lord. I want the heart's desire. I want my treasure. I want my sons and my daughters. I don't want to lose any of that. So I'm going to trust Come on, what's that old prophet said? Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I'm trusting in the Lord. Oh, come on, somebody get up on your feet and give him your praise right now. Lord, I'm trusting you, Jesus. I'm trusting you, Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting you with it, Lord. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm trusting you with it. Come on, right now the altar's open. I want everybody just to come. Come on, it's family night. Come on, this is the church of the living God. Come on, there are people in here that are dealing with things. We're going to sing and we're going to put our trust in the Lord.